we don't burn out from working too much. We burn out from worrying too much and feeling that we don't matter. Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Kroll, a cognitive psychologist, coach, author of the book Great Work, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we're here asking the big questions. What is your great work? How do you find it? And why does it matter whether we do it? What does it actually take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? Stay tuned for answers to these questions and so much more. Welcome, everybody, to Unleashing Your Great Work. Today, I'm super excited to have my friend, Jeanette Brunet, who is a speaker about self-care. Jeanette is a speaker who rethinks everything. It's not that she can't make up her mind. It's that she believes we are hungry to learn how to navigate change and grow personally and professionally. Her new book, The Self-Care Mindset, Rethinking How We Change and Grow, Harness Well-Being, and Reclaim Work-Life Quality came out this November. So head over and grab it wherever you get books. Welcome to the podcast, Jeanette. Thank you so much. And um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, I am also very much looking forward to it. I have been for days. And we would love to start this interview the same place we start all the others. Jeanette, tell us a little bit about your great work. Hmm. Right now, I would say the book. Yeah. <laughs> because um, it's really coming together 18 years of working with people to help them mm. um, survive work and do great work. Mm -hmm. And it's also drawing on all of my experiences before that when I was in the fashion business, design mm. business, and so on and so forth. And it feels like to me, my great work, my great work can be summarized into one thing, mm. learning, learning to listen. Hmm. Say more about that. I believe that we are so focused on doing, 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 mm -hmm. that if we could pause for just a little bit and listen more, we would understand more of what we need so that we can do great work. Mm -hmm. And when I say, say great work, I mean work that matters to us mm -hmm. and matters to the people we serve, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. So if we listened more, are we listening to ourselves? Are we listening to others? Are we What are we listening to exactly? And what's the insight that you feel is missing from our lack of listening? I think we listen to ourselves first, hence the book is called The Self-Care Mindset. But I do mm -hmm. feel that we are a little um, stuck in what we believe self-care is. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people think that it's about us when really it's more about um, people we care about and the, the, um, the work we do together, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that sense that self-care isn't really about self, it's about care. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. So if we can listen more to ourselves and so part of what I, the framework that I do in, in the book mm -hmm. is about how do we learn to listen more to ourselves, that physical, what do I need right now so that I physically feel able and capable and willing for that matter too, to show mm -hmm. up and do great work, mm -hmm. but also emotionally, how am I feeling in there right now? 
And what is getting in the way for me to feel be fully present, for example? Mm. And that sort of mental, what I call mental listening is more that constructive mindset that says, okay, how do we solve this problem? And what is the right problem to solve? Mm. And so instead of thinking of self-care as being about so-called treating ourselves after work, which is also important. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying we don't need a bubble bath and a walk and yoga and all of those things we do, but mm -hmm. how do we actually start thinking about self-care in the workplace as a way for us to actually do great work hmm. rather than feeling that we're focusing so much on the work we need to get done mm -hmm. can we listen more to ourselves for a moment pause and say hey, what, do, what do i need so that i can get this done yeah so we become more inclusive of our human needs because at the end of the day we humans are amazing Mm -hmm. And we're here to solve problems and we're here to engage with the people we serve with each other as a team and so on and so forth. And we're missing out on all of that if we don't pause and listen for a little bit so that we can actually connect and communicate and collaborate better with each other. Hmm. So I was recently doing um, this whole barrage of holiday episodes during this mm. event called Potapalooza. And I did eight podcast episodes in a day. It was a fascinating experience. And what we focused our holiday or what I'm focusing the holiday episodes on is resilience. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I really hold as a core message of this podcast is that great work depends so much more on our resilience, our ability to bounce back, bounce back, feel better, be innovative, be creative, get out of the grind than it does on hard work and yeah. diligence and the grind and hustle and things like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's very much what you're saying, that if we actually take into account how to be the most, I don't know, sparked, rested, fully in our mind, fully in our cognitive capacities, fully able to connect with the person in front of us, because that takes quite a lot of effort and energy. Mm -hmm. And if you're mm -hmm. burned out and stressed then it's no wonder that you're not listening to the other people in your company. Right. So does that, does, am I reading that correctly, that that's very similar to what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And if you think about it, right, if, if something just happened and you're going into a meeting and you're still mm -hmm. distracted by the other meeting, mm -hmm. you're actually not listening to the person. You're listening to your own thoughts mm -hmm. that are about what you just were engaged in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we start understanding how the mind really works and how our mind and our emotions are utterly connected and we react from that place mm -hmm. rather than pausing for a moment and listening to what's going on there so that we can respond with right intent. And mm -hmm. when I say right intent, there's no judgment in that. The only thing that is, is right intent is what's the problem I'm trying to solve. Yeah, right. right? Um, am I reacting to something that feels prevailing or am I solving the right problem in collaboration with the person in front of me. Yeah. So then what is your, what, so what is the like thrust of the book? What's the main message of like, who are you directing it at? Is this like, let's have a more inclusive workplace that allows us to be human as well as productive? Or is there some other, like, what's the main, who's this book for? What's it about? Just give us the mm. high level. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a book for people at work. Um, mm -hmm. But it is also a book for people who worry mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a book about care mm -hmm. and 
care and worry is two sides of the same coin. Interesting. Say more about that. So what we care about mm-hmm. is also what we worry about. Hmm. So a lot of times we'd say, we know, we talk so much about all the things we worry about and believe, like, believe me, I don't think worry is going to be something we solve. <laughs> well, not just with my book, but also in the world. <laughs> not just with your soon. book. <laughs> You know, and not in in, in the world anytime soon. There's just going to be more and more things that we worry about. But if we look at it and be like, well, the things we worry about is also because we care about it. Yeah. We care about the environment. So we worry about the environment. Mm -hmm. We care about people and human rights and equal rights. We worry about that because we care about the people. So these are really two sides of the same coin, right? And so... In the workplace, we talk a lot about people being engaged right now. And and one of the things I, I always say is we cannot stop um we cannot stop worrying and thinking we can still be engaged. Hmm. But what we can do is learn that what we worry about is what we care about. So we can shift the worry, we can shift our attention and start saying, okay, I worry about this. So what do I need so that I can truly care about it and create change? So we use the worry as information. Mm-hmm. A lot of what the book is about is what I call the FUD, being stuck in the pothole of FUD. What's FUD? The fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we really pause for a moment and look at the things that are stressing us out every day, it's the things we can't control. Mm. Is the things that happen in our environment, changes that happen in our environment that we're not prepared for or feel ready to handle. Mm. And all of these different things is what's causing us stress, right? Mm -hmm. We worry about what other people think of us. We worry about so many things. Yeah. Right. And so if we can, if we can pause for a moment and just be like, okay, this solving the problem of stress isn't just saying I need time off. Mm Mm-hmm. So our, uh, solving the problem of burnout isn't just taking more time off. Right. It's about learning to unworry. Okay. How do you do that? That feels like it's probably the whole thrust of the book. So go read the book. But yeah, it's, part of, it's, it's a big part of the book. And I and I yeah. think there are many books out there that can help in that process too. One of the things I often ask people is saying, do you feel that your mind is full right now? And there's mm-hmm. so many thoughts that are just stuck in there roaming around Mm -hmm. and you don't know how to make sense of them or are you being more mindful Mm -hmm. you pause and choose one thing to solve at a time Mm -hmm. you pause and say okay this is what i'm going to focus on now and so allowing ourselves to well choose in a way right like choosing what what is my attention going to be on right now Mm -hmm. how does my attention best help me uh, navigate all of the different potholes and things that are challenging me. Mm-hmm. What do I need right now so I can get past this thing right now? Because I yeah. think we're trying to solve too many problems all at once. Mm. And it becomes really overwhelming. And then worry becomes a big, big, big puzzle to solve. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the the thing that you mentioned about I'm still stuck on the, I'm sort of like, I'm probably going to chew on it for the next week. Like the idea that self-care feels like it's about self, but it's really about care is so mm-hmm. insightful that I'm, like I said, I'm just going to keep thinking about it. But the idea 
that we're trying to solve all these problems also as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're trying to solve the fact that we're extremely stressed about the planet and our work and the recession, if we have one, and the, you know, insert all the things that we're super stressed about as though we created those things ourselves and can solve them ourselves. When in fact, we created them together and the solution Mm -hmm. comes from our work together. And the idea of like somehow reframing the whole thing as caring for ourselves, caring for others, creating environments where care prevails as a part of the way we set it up does really feel like it would change the way we would approach the problem because care would be built into it. Yeah. It's like yeah. quite yeah. quite a powerful message you've got going on over there. <laughs> Thank you for that. And, and as you're saying that, what comes up for me is also shifting the care for to care about. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yes, we care for, because we care about, but a lot of times I think we get really busy and worried caring for people, hmm. our team, for example, who we can't, hmm. we can I give them wait. the tools. We can give them the tools to care for themselves because we I care see. about them. Mm. That's back to the listening right mm-hmm. can we listen more can we can we listen and say listen i i i um i can see you're going through a hard time what do you need so that you can feel a little bit better right now or that you can get through this or what what do you what do you need so we can solve like if you're really stressed about a project for example right what do you need so that you can get through this project and get the tools you need or the support you need or what is that that gives people back agency mhm and, to, yeah. and it gives them permission to ask for help. Right. And that's as opposed to moving in, taking it over, reworking it, looking at it, giving them directive. It's, that's the opposing, maybe more yeah. default way of doing it. Yeah. And that's what a lot of leaders, I think, are burning out because they feel that they are taking on the responsibility of solving the problem and caring for people actually so, so-called take their pain away. Mm-hmm. And really, we're there to support people in solving it. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. And 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 you know this as well. You're in this field. You you understand so much about the human condition and the human experience and the human behavior as well, right? You you know this stuff. So um, I know you 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 get this, and and and, and I want to be in service of our audience. Who, of may, course, preach it. Yeah, let's hear it. This may be new to them. Uh huh. So I think you know, you and I having this conversation is about us saying, how how do we help? Like, how Mm -hmm. do we be of service? And if leaders had that sense of saying, okay, I'm not here to fix the problems for my people. I'm here to help them and support them figuring out how to solve the problems Mm -hmm. that they're challenged with. The dynamic completely changes and people are engaged. People know they're cared about. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, again, we're also looking at what is great work. Right. Great work isn't to just get it done mm-hmm. and reach the goal. Great work is what are the ways we're solving the problems along the way? Mm-hmm. How does it come from me? Exactly. Right? Like each individual person with their unique perspective at work, wanting to bring what they have to the conversation. And there's sort of a an almost patriarchal kind of 
top-down kind of monarchy feeling of being cared for where, wow, you're just full of it. I'm just going to read this book. It's not out yet while we're recording it, but the minute it is, I will certainly be pre-ordering it um, because it sounds great. Yeah, I feel like that's also a really great insight that changes, you know, and oh my gosh, what relief for the leader. Yes. Oh my, I don't have to solve all these problems. I don't have to like go home with all these people and choose for them what they're going to have for dinner and force them to go to bed and have, you know, like manage all their relationships. I can just facilitate them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I learned this when I was sitting with my dad, when we knew he was dying, we didn't know when, and Mm -hmm. we really had to just figure out how to, how to spend this time together Mm -hmm. um, in a, in the most meaningful way. And one of the things I got caught in was caring for him and granted Mm -hmm. I had to, because he was bedridden. Yeah. But one of the things he said to me, he said, listen, you're running around doing all these things for me that I don't necessarily need you to do. Mm-hmm. And you're stressed. Mm. What I really would like for you to do is just care about me and come here, sit down and talk. Aww. And it really, number one, changed my perspective. Yeah. Completely. Because I realize how often we try to show people that we care about them by caring mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. But for them to know that we care about them is to have a conversation. Yeah. To show up, ask to them questions, up. listen to what they say. Yeah. And to listen, exactly to listen. Mm-hmm. And my dad always taught me as well. He always said that good leaders listen. They listen with the heart. Mm-hmm. Not just with their ears. They're listening to try to understand the person what they care about, what matters to them, and what they need so that they can grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a great leader. And it's a hard, it's a, and it's worth realizing that it's a hard life skill. It's something that comes from trying and failing and trying again to, to connect with people in a different way, because there's a lot of gestalt in this country in particular, in the U.S. in particular, mm-hmm around sort of individualism and the the lone cowboy and the the yeah. great inventor all of these sort of individualistic ideas that don't you know and, and there's value in them but they don't teach you how to listen with your heart to another person because you're always trying to prove your individual worth by contributing yeah and i like yeah. that this changes the narrative on that as well yeah hmm. and that's one of the one of the reasons why i also say that self care goes from me care to we care. Mm-hmm. Right. right. When we really understand that our self-care is partly connecting with other people, mm-hmm. being in relationship, in healthy relationships with other people, that is part of our self-care. Yeah. And that it doesn't have to always be in service. It can be because it brings you joy. Yeah. Exactly. And that that, I mean, not that everything has to be doing great work, but like the more you are enjoying the people that you're in contact with, the better your work will be, the better collaborators you'll be because they know that you value them. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I think we need each other. We needed, and we saw that during the pandemic, right? We yeah. saw how much we needed connection with other people to thrive. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the one of the things we're trying to solve now is in this hybrid work environment. How do we do great work mm-hmm. when we're not in the room together? And I believe that's where listening comes in too. Yeah. How do we create these uh, moments where we can pause together and just reflect on what was just said and digest it and be like, okay, what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. Rather than j- jumping in on each other because we're so pressed for time and we just need to fix this problem now. We all want to get off Zoom. Actually, <laughs> Yeah. How do we actually pause for that moment and be like, all right, so what do we need so that we can figure this out? Well, we're in a weird time, as everyone knows, um, where we are actually given the opportunity. A lot of people are trying to ignore the opportunity so they don't have to deal with it, but it just keeps on popping back up. Like we are recreating the world of work right now. And so we are now like of all the times in history, it's like when the United States in the Revolutionary War and now they had to build a nation, the notion of a nation that we now get to build, right? If you're not listening and know how to communicate and know how to bring people along when you're creating something almost from scratch, then you're going to end up with something that doesn't work very well. Hmm. Jeanette, I have to ask you this question. So this is all very interesting. And as I said, I cannot wait to get your book, but I'm curious, like, how did this become your work like how what tell us about your great work and your history of great work how did you get here hey if you're enjoying this podcast you've got to check out the great work community the great work community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together come on over for a co-working accountability coaching and just in time courses check out the great work community the link is in the show notes um, after my parents died of cancer a year apart, um, mm. I, and I had, and I had burned out twice, I decided to leave the fashion business and I wanted to, originally I wanted to create a well-being center for mm. cancer patients mm. so that they had somewhere to be that felt yeah. nourishing and safe, um, for them while mm. they were in treatment. But I was a bit too early and people thought that it was too alternative medicine. Oh so my gosh. I decided I had a time. Like, this was in um this was in two thousand two. Uh-huh. It was a little early, maybe, but still. And um so I decided to go back to school, study nutrition, and I studied all kinds of health and healing modalities because I was really curious about what makes us sick, because I was told that I was very high risk breast cancer and it was only a matter of when I was gonna get cancer too. And I was like isn't there something I can do rather than just get on medicine right away? And um, obviously now we know more about the interaction between our physical and emotional and mental health and, and how, you know, we can indeed take care of ourselves. But at the time it wasn't so well known. And so I started studying all kinds of different ways that makes us sick. And I realized I actually want to know what makes us healthy instead. Uh-huh. And one of the things I learned during this time, but also while looking back at my mother's mental illness, which she was bipolar, mm-hmm. her mental illness and how much her relationship with others was affecting her relationship with self. Hmm. So I started seeing all these relationships happening in that way and coaching people through all these years. I always saw how their relationship with their work and the people in their workplace and how the culture at work was in general affected their health and um, but also their their relationship with themselves. Okay, so I feel like I kind of know what you're saying, but I need you to break it down. Like, is there an example or yeah? 
Yeah. So when somebody would come to me and say, I need to take better care of myself, a lot of times we were just focused on, okay, what are your habits? What do you need to do? Like Mm. that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that if they felt they didn't matter, contribute, were, you know, part of something at work, that they Mm. didn't get acknowledged for their work, that they felt they always were doing it wrong or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. If they didn't feel that they had that sense of contribution and belonging and feeling, feeling that they mattered at work. Valued, yeah. Valued. They wouldn't go home and matter to themselves. Interesting. They would go home and just being like, who cares about me? So I don't care about me either. So you can Mm. try as hard as you want to change your habits. Hmm. But if you don't care about yourself, you're not going to care for yourself. Interesting. So when you, prior to your epiphany around your parents' deaths, which I'm so sorry to hear, um, as you said that part you- why I am here today. <laughs> yes, I it's know. Part it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the work I do. Yeah. It's part of the work I do. I feel like I honor them every day. Oh, well, that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned um, around that time, you had also burned out twice. When you look back on your experience of burning out in the fashion industry, did it help you understand your own experience? Like what insights came out of looking at it in that way? Yeah. Whenever I was working on something where I felt valued and Mm -hmm. where I felt appreciated and that I was doing a good job, I was just having fun working. Yeah. Me starting to worry about, am I doing the right job? Am I being seen and heard? Am I having the support I need when I started worrying mm-hmm. and not feeling like I was able to um, contribute or have the kind of feedback loop that I needed. That's when I started to worry and then overwork myself and therefore burn. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm always saying if, if we feel safe, if we belong, if we feel valued, Mm. We don't, we don't burn out from working too much. We burn out from worrying too much and feeling that we don't matter. Fascinating. Yes. Well, right. And the, what are the keys to burnout? Exhaustion, cynicism, and hopelessness, right? Yeah. So exhaustion just like, it feels to me very much like the outcome of cynicism and hopelessness. Cause one is about like, I can do nothing to change my environment. And the other one is about, I don't like any of the people and they don't like me. Yeah. So of course you're exhausted, which is really what you're saying. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And we're trying to solve the wrong problem because mm-hmm. we're trying to solve the problem of being liked, being included, mm-hmm. feeling that we belong versus yeah. saying, what's the work I need to do for, mm-hmm. you know, the team. So in, in a way we get distracted. Yeah. We well, end up solving the wrong problem. Are we distracted or are problem. we like, uninformed because i think if you talk to a leader which i assume you do all the time this is like your time this Mm -hmm. is your whole deal right Mm -hmm. like and so tell me tell me how i have to assume that when you really lay this out and help them understand the the total shift shift in frame that explains things like it it explains the data in a way that their current model really doesn't i don't know if they're distracted or if they just really are like if people are burned out then they need more time off and I have to care for them and try to get them to take a vacation and try to versus caring about them. And then that changes because I don't, you said they were distracted. I'm like, I don't know if they're distracted or they just do not see it that way yet. Well, they're distracted, but they're distracted by solving the wrong problem. Mm-hmm. 
what problem are they solving? Do you think? Well, you for example, for example, if somebody says, I don't feel that I matter at work, mm-hmm. they're solving the problem, what I call the pothole, right? They're stuck in the pothole, trying to drain the water that keeps coming up, mm-hmm. that they don't feel that they matter and belong. Mm-hmm. When they're really trying to say, I want to do good work. Right. I want to be acknowledged for my work. That's really the problem they're trying to solve. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm saying that's a we problem versus a me problem. That's right. And right. So that, that pothole is the me. And that is why it's kind of a it's kind of funny, right? Because mm-hmm. so when self-care doesn't work, mm-hmm. we actually become self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. mean that not in a judgmental way. I mean no. it in yeah. the, the pothole is just taking over. The fear, uncertainty, and doubt is taking over. Mm-hmm. That is that sort of like we're being overwhelmed by what we're afraid of, what we're what we're not feeling seen and heard, right? Versus mm-hmm. saying oh, I actually feel like I matter and that I acknowledge. Now I can focus on how do I do great work? Right, which is which you can't do alone, which is why you're saying it's a we problem. Exactly. Because if your leader doesn't stop and talk to you about what you've been trying to do and what your motivations were and help you not hear through words, but we do value you, but instead really understand what it takes for you to perceive that value. Yes. The problem can't be solved. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. And, and and also what happens is people go go away for a week, right? To recover. Barbados, let's say. <laughs> hmm. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and um they spent the first three days trying to unwind. Yeah. And then they spent the last two days getting wound up again about having to go back to work. Worrying about going back. Yeah. So they have about one day, maybe two, where they are worry-free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we need more worry-free zones. We need to learn how to unworry more. We need mm. to learn how to catch, where am I at right now? Am I stuck in the pothole right now? Is my Am I thinking about... What am I not doing right? Am I being critical of myself? Am I in? Am I stuck in that mindset that says this is not working? Because mm-hmm. under stress, as you well know, we go into that part of the brain that just focuses on on fear and danger and what's not working. Yeah, right. Survival. So we're we're stuck in the pothole. These are the things that are not working. We're solving the wrong problem. Mm-hmm. Versus saying, being curious and more constructive and saying, hmm. What do I need so I can solve this problem over here? That's actually the one I'm trying to solve, right? And I know I'm repeating myself, but it's like it's the same pattern that happens here. Mm-hmm. Sort of like this idea that we're going away to get away from the worry, but the worry is still there when we come back if we haven't learned how to change our mind. Mm-hmm. Well, or the environment doesn't change. Right. Because if it's a we problem, I think that's the really the sticky wicket of what of the world that you're describing. Yeah, it needs to be a new language as a culture. Yeah, it requires new beliefs. It requires signing on to a new way of seeing each other that is tricky. And if your leader, if you're just a person, right, at work and you're reading this book and you're like, yes, I want to be seen and heard at work. But your leader doesn't have the skills to do that and isn't interested in learning them. Is that like, what does the individual person do? Do they hope for mirror mirror neurons to be enough and like show up and try to see the leader for who they are? Like, what do they do? Yeah. Well, part of the framework that I teach, I teach, I teach three tools in the book. The first one is power pausing. Nothing changes without a pause because we're just going to run on automatic and be mindless. Ooh, power pausing. I love that. We do have a lot of synergy. We have to do some kind of event together. (laughs) Yes, we do. 
right? So we have that power pause, that moment where we can bring mindfulness to where where am I at right now? What's going on? Or just even just getting out of that stress mode. Yeah, detach from the yeah. it, worry. Let our nervous system calm down. Yeah. And the next one is how do we engage better with ourselves and others by asking better questions? Mm-hmm. And this is a framework, I call it the CARE framework, mm-hmm. where CARE stands for self-communication, self-awareness, self-responsibility, and self-expression. And so your point is the last one, Mm self-expression. How do I then instead say to my leader, listen, I need five minutes before we actually meet Mm -hmm. because um, I have just had to solve this problem and my mind is not in the right place so Mm -hmm. that I can be present to our meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. So having that nuance that says I need so that I can, because ah, this is the cause okay. and effect mm-hmm. it's going to have. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can start communicating, I need this so that I can, mm-hmm. so that I can serve whatever it is we need to serve. Now we start developing a new language and how we, how we actually just don't have self-care being like me having to take care of myself, but my responsibility and instead being this is really a, a possibility for better teamwork mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it going to change the nature it is exactly. of the relationships and yeah. the outcome yeah. of the collaboration yeah. yeah and so for example if we're in a meeting and we feel bullied a little bit yeah maybe we can say hey can we just pause on that for a moment because I feel like I feel a little bit pushed right now and mm-hmm. I might not respond quite the way I would like to respond now that's an interesting example, right? Because it's a we problem, not a me problem. So sometimes I think like when you change the nature of relationships where there's a new set of skills, like literally skills, like I've witnessed many times, I'm not the one being bullied. I'm not the one bullying, but I've watched this person push yeah. that person around yeah. in a team where we have agreed, this is not how we roll. I then can in, enter into the we problem and say, wait a second, I feel like things are getting heated. Maybe we should give her a chance to restate. Maybe you could back off a little, you know, and if that's allowed and yeah. it doesn't feel like butting in and stepping on toes right. because it's a we problem that changes yeah. the yeah. role other people can play too. Yeah. And we can take ownership of that saying, can we just pause for a moment? Because I just want to understand what you just asked for and, mm-hmm. and what what's the problem we're trying to solve here? Like mm-hmm. we can actually say that and just own that we need that, but we're actually there for someone else. Right, right. You're just a little bit of advocate, but advocating actually for solving the problem. It doesn't always have to be advocating for the person, although of course we recognize there's no problem without the people. Right? Exactly. It's all about the people, but in the service of the problem, in the world of improvement science, which is the kind of like coaching and you know a real basis of it's like, how do you solve entrenched problems? It's like a method for doing it. The question is, what are we hoping to accomplish? Yes. And that's a very similar question. And it, it always stops the conversation and people say like, oh, I see what you're saying. We are on a tangent. We've gotten emotional. We, you know, we're, we're off topic. What are we really hoping to accomplish with this meeting? All right, let's restop. Yes. Let's, let's take a power pause yeah. and reset. Yeah, that's very interesting and helpful. Yeah. Well, honestly, I wish that we could talk about this all day long, right? For Maybe. the next, I don't know, seven to 10 hours, we could just continue <laughs> this conversation because it's great. But I'm excited that in just a couple of weeks, I actually can get like 
what looks when you held up that book, like, I don't know, like 250 pages of Jeanette Brunet's thinking. And I'm excited about it. So right there, I think uh, 248, I think. No, actually 258. Nice. Love 259 it. to be on to be right on 259 so pages of your best thinking that's like a holiday for me i'm excited so tell us if people like me are like damn that was a lot of knowledge dropped in a very short amount of time how can they get to know you more where can they find this book and if they wanted to sort of reach out to you for the kind of coaching or speaking that whatever it is you're doing tell us how to support your work yes um Jeanette Pony. Anywhere in the in the world, I would probably mm-hmm. come up under that name because I don't think anyone else has it. Um, <laughs> so you can always find me. Mm-hmm. I can't hide. Um, but basically go to my website, JeanettePony.com, sign okay. up for the newsletter because I tried to really make a newsletter that is about tips and tools, creating conversation and giving people something that they can take to their teams or, mm-hmm. or their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I'm on all the social media channels and you know, how, however well I'm doing all of those things, because it's not my primary, it's yeah. not my primary focus to be on those. My my primary focus really is to be of service as, as, as trite as that sounds. But when you ask me first, what is great, my great work, it is to figure out how to help people to in, in, in a way of being of service, not mm-hmm. helping them because they need my help, but yeah. just sharing my insights mm-hmm. from what I've learned and what I've learned from working with people and the framework and the systems that I have developed because of that. Mm. That's just tools that I can share. And thankfully now in my book, which I'm really, really grateful for. Yes, absolutely. Well, we will put a link to your website and to your order page for your book. So they don't have to even remember how to spell your name because it does have two E's, which is probably perplexing for the American audience. Uh, So we'll just put it, we'll put it there. They'll click it. And I just really want to thank you so much for your time today. This was a fascinating conversation. Thank you for your attention, for your care, and for your wisdom, and for the work you are doing in the world, too. Ah, thanks. Thanks for listening today to Unleashing Your Great Work. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out my book, Great Work, Do What Matters Most, Without Sacrificing Everything Else. It's available everywhere you get books. See you next time on Unleashing Your Great Work.